0: Good morning, in today's headlines, a federal appeals court rules DACA illegal, but the story doesn't end there. Find out why it's go- now going back to a lower court for review.
1: A missing California family with a baby girl found dead. A suspect in custody after surveillance footage shows the moment they were kidnapped.
0: The Ukrainian counteroffensive rolls on as they liberate three new settlements. Meanwhile Putin wants action on a nuclear power station caught in the crossfire.
1: A former cop massacres 34 at a daycare center in Thailand, even targeting his own wife and child. We have the details. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan.
0: Good morning, and I'm Evelyn Lee. It's Thursday today, October 6th.
1: Looks like we got a tough news day today, Evelyn.
0: Yes, uh, we do. We actually want to start off with some really disturbing news. An ex-policeman killed 34 people in Thailand today in a gun and knife attack at a daycare center. The assailant first murdered his wife and child before turning his weapon on himself. The victims included 22 children. The former policeman was discharged from service last year for drug-related reasons. About 30 children were at the center when the gunman arrived. The shooter entered around lunchtime and shot four or five officials at the child care center. One of them was a teacher, eight months pregnant. The gunman then forced his way into a locked room where the children were sleeping. The incident sent shockwaves across the country. Mass shootings are rare in Thailand, even though the rate of gun ownership is higher compared with some other countries in the region, and illegal weapons are common.
1: And another tragic story. Members of the California family that have been missing since Monday have been found dead. Authorities believe they were murdered. The victims include a baby girl, her parents, and her uncle. Officials say the family was kidnapped at gunpoint. Police released surveillance video on Wednesday of the moment the four family members were taken. Investigators believe the victims were dead before they were purported missing. The kidnapping happened Monday morning at the family's trucking business in Merced. It's about an hour north of Fresno. Video shows the father encountering a man in the parking lot carrying a trash bag. The man then pulls out what appears to be a firearm. The family is later seen taken out of the building by the gunman with their hands zip tied behind their backs. They were put into the family's pickup truck and driven away. One suspect has been identified. 48-year-old Jesus Salgado was taken into custody for questioning. The suspect tried to take his own life before police arrived. His relatives reported him for admitting he was involved in the kidnapping. He is now hospitalized and has not been charged. And detectives say one of the victim's ATM cards was used at a nearby bank. Based on surveillance photos, they say the person that made the transaction looks similar to the one from the kidnapping scene. They say others may have been involved.
0: And police were alerted to the crime when they found the family's truck burning on the side of a county road. A farm worker discovered their bodies in a Merced County orchard. The motive for the killings is not yet known. No ransom demands were made. In other news, a federal appeals court ruled yesterday that DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, is illegal. The program shields certain immigrants who came to the U.S. illegally as children from deportation. And today's Jeremy Sandberg reports.
2: Former President Barack Obama created the DACA program in 2012. DACA recipients are sometimes referred to as DREAMers, based on the proposed DREAM Act that never made it through Congress. It gives recipients a renewable two-year reprieve from deportation, as well as work authorization and access to Social Security. Texas federal judge Andrew Hannon declared DACA illegal in 2021. He found the program had not been subjected to public notice and comment periods required under federal law. Hannon also decided that DACA goes against the Constitution, as Congress never provided the executive branch authorization to grant deportation reprieves to illegal immigrants in the U.S., New applications were blocked, but the policy was kept intact for those already enrolled. The Biden administration appealed the decision, sending the case to the Fifth Circuit. The White House then issued a revised set of DACA rules in August this year. It was subject to public comments in hopes of improving its chances of survival against lawsuits challenging it. The new rules were set to take effect on October 1st. The 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed Hannon's 2021 decision that DACA is unlawful on Wednesday and is sending the case back to him to review Biden's revisions. The U.S. Justice Department defended the program in arguments at the 5th Circuit, along with the state of New Jersey, immigrant advocacy organizations, and a coalition of corporations including Amazon, Apple, Google, and Microsoft. They argued DACA recipients have grown up to become productive drivers of the U.S. economy, holding and creating jobs and spending money. Texas and eight other Republican-leaning states, on the other hand, argue they are harmed financially when immigrants are allowed to remain in the country illegally, saying it incurs hundreds of millions of dollars in healthcare, education, and other costs. They also argued that the White House overstepped its authority by granting immigration benefits that are for Congress to decide. DACA has gone to the Supreme Court twice, first in 2016 and then in 2020. It's widely expected to go back a third time. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. The
0: appeals court is allowing the nearly 600,000 current DACA enrollees to maintain their status and they can file renewal applications, but new or first-time applications will be blocked.
1: Let's go from immigration to disaster. President Joe Biden took a trip to Florida and met with Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday. The president was there to see the aftermath of Hurricane Ian firsthand. He ensured the people of Florida, the federal government, would be there to help them rebuild. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on Biden's visit. Biden and DeSantis put differences aside and stood shoulder to shoulder
2: as they met with victims of the hurricane on Wednesday.
3: Everything is historic. Titanic and unimaginable storm just ripped it to pieces. You gotta start from scratch, gotta move again. And it's gonna take a lot, a lot of time, not weeks or months. It's gonna take years for everything to get
2: squared away. Cleanup and rebuilding efforts could cost taxpayers billions of dollars. THE PRESIDENT PLEDGED FEDERAL AID IN FLORIDA FOR THE LONG HAUL.
3: WE'RE NOT LEAVING till THIS GETS DONE.
2: PEOPLE WHO FLED IAN'S WRATH ON SANIBEL ISLAND HAVE NOW BEEN ABLE TO RETURN BY BOAT.
3: I'M BLOWN AWAY.
4: THIS IS UNBELIEVABLE.
2: PRETTY MUCH EVERY STRUCTURE ON THE ISLAND HAS SOME LEVEL OF DAMAGE. FLORIDA'S GOVERNOR HAS ORDERED THE TRANSPORTATION DEPARTMENT TO GET REPAIRS GOING IMMEDIATELY ON THE SANIBEL ISLAND BRIDGE and is having linemen airlifted in to restore power. To be able to start surveying the damage and creating a plan for restoration, Uh, I will tell you that I was in Sanibel today. You can go over it in a helicopter and you see damage, but it does not do it justice until you are actually on the ground and you see concrete utility poles sawed off right in half, massive power lines everywhere, massive amounts of debris. Part of the federal help Florida will receive for storm aid includes $13 billion over the next five years for highways and bridges. As of Tuesday, close to 400,000 homes and businesses remained without power. According to local officials, the hurricane claimed the lives of at least 120 people when it went crashing across the state. Jeremy Sandberg,
1: NTD News. OPEC Plus is cutting oil production, and it's the biggest cut since 2020. The White House responded, calling it short-sighted, and is using it as an opportunity to push for a quicker transition to renewable energy. And today's Molina Wisecup has more details
4: gas prices are expected to go up once again though experts say this price increase will be incremental this is after OPEC earlier today announced that they're planning to scale back production by 2 million barrels per day OPEC says this is what's needed in order to provide stability to the global oil market
5: they're concerned about the lack of investment in the industry um, which is also being echoed by a lot of companies in the West The reality of this
4: situation is if you want to attract investment you need higher oil prices. OPEC has already been underperforming their actual quotas, so the cut in production will actually be closer to around 1.25 million barrels per day. And this decision ignores Biden's calls for foreign suppliers to sustain and increase production. In response, the White House said they were disappointed and called the action short-sighted. So how much will it affect the price you pay? Experts say it all depends on how the U.S. responds.
3: We're going to stay in this range for a while. The United States continues to release oil from the Strategic Reserve. I mean, that, in my view, is dangerous. We're at our lowest levels since 1984.
4: In addition to continuing to use oil from our emergency stockpile, the U.S. is also considering an export ban to Europe. But this may also have negative effects down the road. It it disrupts fuel flows in such that Eventually,
5: refiners are gonna be forced to cut runs significantly in the United States. That's eventually gonna lead to even higher prices in the US. So both of these options now that they're discussing are very short term. What they should be doing is encouraging domestic production.
4: And President Biden also directed the energy department to explore ways to increase domestic production in the immediate term while also calling for a quicker transition to renewable energy. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskop, NTD News.
1: Coming up, the Ukrainian counteroffensive rolls on as they liberate three new settlements. Meanwhile, President Putin wants action on a nuclear power station caught in the crossfire. And North Korea launches two more missiles while blaming the U.S. for stoking tensions. The USS Ronald Reagan aircraft carrier is in the region. We'll have all that and more for you right here on NTD Good Morning.
0: Welcome back. Returning to Europe now, Ukrainian forces liberated three more settlements in the settlements in the southern Kherson region yesterday. This as the EU announces more sanctions against Russia. And today's Daniel Monahan has the story.
6: Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the three areas were liberated and stabilized from the fake referendum in the Kherson region and that the movement is ongoing.
3: The
2: reports will definitely delight Ukrainians and upset the occupiers. BECAUSE THEY WILL BE HELD RESPONSIBLE FOR ALL THEIR EVILS, THEY WILL BE ACCOUNTABLE BEFORE OUR WEAPONS, BEFORE THE UKRAINIAN COURT, AND UNDER INTERNATIONAL LAW, NONE OF THEM WILL ESCAPE THAT.
6: MEANWHILE, RUSSIAN PRESIDENT VLADIMIR PUTIN SIGNED A LAW TO INCORPORATE FOUR PARTIALLY OCCUPIED UKRAINIAN REGIONS INTO RUSSIA. THE NEW LAW WOULD INCORPORATE AROUND 18% OF UKRAINE'S TERRITORY INTO RUSSIA, EQUIVALENT TO THE AREA OF PORTUGAL. THAT WOULD BE EUROPE'S LARGEST ANNEXATION SINCE WORLD WAR II. Kyiv reacted, calling it the behavior of a collective madhouse, annexation at a time when Russia's forces have been fleeing from the front lines. Moscow's map of new regions published by a state news agency included the full territory of the Ukrainian provinces. However, some parts were labeled as under Ukrainian military control. Putin has also ordered the Russian state to seize control of the Zaporizhia power station. Kyiv has long accused Moscow of planning to switch the plant from Ukraine's power grid to Russia's. The power station is right on the front line. It is on a Russian-controlled bank of a reservoir with Ukrainian forces on the opposite bank. Both sides have warned of the danger of a nuclear disaster. And last night, seven Russian missiles hit the city of Zaporizhia, damaging or destroying several buildings and causing fires and injuries. Meanwhile, the EU is set to give its final approval for a new batch of sanctions against Russia. That means more trade restrictions on steel and tech products and a price cap on Russian oil. European Union foreign policy chief Josep Borrell also says the bloc's 27 national governments are united in their intention to give Ukraine EU membership. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: The head of the International Energy Agency says that Europe may face an even more acute energy crunch next year because countries will have to drain their natural gas tanks to get through the cold of winter. European countries have filled storage tanks to around 90 percent of capacity. They did so after Russia cut gas supplies in response to Western sanctions. Gas prices which surged in the months after the invasion in February have retreated, but that could be short-lived as countries compete to buy liquefied natural gas and other alternatives. The EU is considering a gas price cap to help tackle the pain, but that has divided the 27-nation bloc. Some countries worry it could make securing supplies harder. The real challenges facing Europe will begin in February or March when storage needs to be refilled. That is after high winter demand has drained them to 25 to 30 percent.
1: North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the sea today in the direction of Japan. That's after the return of a U.S. aircraft carrier to the region and a U.N. Security Council meeting in response to recent missile launches. Pyongyang tried to frame the test as a reaction against what it called serious threats to stability on the peninsula from the U.S. Its foreign ministry accused Washington of ratcheting up tensions by sending the USS Ronald Reagan aircraft carrier to the region. Tensions escalated after Pyongyang launched a missile over Japan on Tuesday. The U.S. then held joint missile drills and fighter jet exercises with Japan and South Korea. China and Russia blamed these displays of military force for provoking the North's ballistic missile tests. The U.S. accused both of enabling North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Russian and American astronauts will continue to work together despite tensions over Russia's war in Ukraine. This as Elon Musk's rocket company SpaceX launched from Florida, the next crew of the International Space Station. It includes a Russian cosmonaut hitching a ride with two Americans and a Japanese astronaut as part of the mission. cost Kostemines has more.
7: Wednesday's SpaceX launch vehicle consisted of a Falcon 9 rocket topped with a Crew Dragon capsule, dubbed Endurance. Russian cosmonauts will continue to work with U.S. astronauts on the mission.
3: Uh, Talking about cooperation, I think we start to cooperate, as I said, uh, many years ago, more than 40 years ago, and we will continue our cooperation um, as long as I can imagine.
7: A live NASA webcast of the blastoff showed the two-stage, 23-story Falcon 9 ascending from the launch tower at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. About nine minutes after launch, the rocket's upper stage delivered the Crew Dragon into a suitable preliminary orbit. The reusable lower-stage booster, meanwhile, flew itself back to Earth and landed safely on a drone recovery vessel floating at sea. The four-member crew are expected to reach the International Space Station in about 29 hours on Thursday evening. It marks the start of a 150-day science mission aboard the Orbital Laboratory, some 250 miles above Earth. It's NASA's fifth mission aboard a SpaceX vehicle since the private rocket venture founded by Tesla owner Musk began sending US astronauts aloft in May 2020. Cost MNS, NTD News.
0: HOW IS IT GOING AT WORK? WE SPOKE TO A CAREER COACH ABOUT HOW A MENTAL HEALTH DAY CAN HELP YOU STAY MOTIVATED. THAT'S AFTER THE BREAK. WELCOME BACK. HERE'S A QUESTION FOR YOU. DO YOU THINK THERE'S A MENTAL HEALTH CRISIS IN THIS COUNTRY? If you said yes, you're not alone. Nine out of ten adults think the U.S. is in a crisis, according to a new Kaiser Family Foundation poll. The opioid epidemic is near the top of the list, with more than two-thirds of people identifying it as a crisis rather than just a problem. More than half identified mental health issues among kids and teenagers as a crisis, along with severe mental illness in adults. There's good reason for people to be worried because the CDC says drug overdose deaths reached record levels in 2021 and suicide rates were back near a record high after two years of decline. And in 2020, mental health-related visits to emergency rooms jumped 31% among kids 12 to 17 years old.
1: Ooh, that really is some troubling news, but there's always hope. The American Medical Association has a few tips to keep good mental health. Those are not consuming too many media updates, especially during times of crisis, thoughtful communication through a trusted voice in the community, and create a buddy system for peer support.
0: Good points, and chances are if you're feeling that way, you need a break from work as well. I spoke to an expert about how a mental health day can help you stay motivated at work. Johnny me is Lynn Berger for some advice. She is a career counselor and coach. Good morning, Lynn.
5: Good morning.
0: So first of all, first things first, when do you say you need need to take a mental health
5: day now? When you're feeling not like yourself. You might be a little crabby, tired, not as pleasant as you might be. You're starting to feel some physical ailments and everything just seems like a bit too much. And you need some perspective. And it's really important to catch it in that moment before it really works against you. Mm.
0: And, you know, how would you start the conversation on that with your supervisor? How do we ask for that day off work?
5: Well, first of all, I mean, there are things as personal days, and I think being very, you know, clear, specific, but not, you know, giving away, you know, everything. Say, I need a day off. There's some things I need to take care of. And I uh, would appreciate next Wednesday.
0: Mm, how many days would you say isn't it in, in the
5: acceptable range? Well, it depends upon what's going on with you. If you feel like you're just not just, but you're tired and cranky, and there's a list of personal items that have to be done during the work week, you know, you could do a day, could feel like a dream. If you feel you might need a little bit more, I always recommend um, pair it with a weekend, either the Thursday or Friday or Monday and Tuesday. And personally, I always recommend that people rec- um, go for a Monday because by Monday, everything doesn't seem as dire. But if you're taking things a day off at the end of the week, you're more stressed and you don't enjoy it as much.
0: Oh, that's a very good point. And how would you think people can make the best out of their day. I mean, sometimes it's not necessarily the best answer to just spend the day with doing nothing. So, how do you think people should spend their day best so they come back to work refreshed, better prepared to tackle their day to day tasks?
5: Okay, well, I think you need to indulge yourself. And for some people, it might be going somewhere, going to a show or getting a personal service or going shopping. Other people indulging yourself is sitting on the couch and not moving for six hours. So you have to get very clear on what it is that's going to refresh you. Hmm. All right. Some very
0: good advice. I really appreciate it. So thank you, Lynn Berger.
5: Thank you so much for having
0: me.
1: When you're stressed out, it's better to do something that helps get your attention away from what's bothering you. Take a look at our next story. It's Fat Bear Week, so get your brackets
3: ready. It's that time of year again. Fat Bear Week is back and bulkier than ever. Hi. Sorry, buddy, but it's true. Still rude. The fun, fan-favorite competition is an annual collaboration between the National Park Service and Alaska's Katmai National Park to celebrate these titans of tubbiness and champs of chubbiness during their season of pre-hibernation weight gain. As always, voters can download a bracket of the hefty heavyweights going head-to-head, but this year there are some robust features as well, like an interactive slider that lets you marvel at the bears' amazing transformations, and even a junior fat bear competition that let voters wet their wild animal weight gain whistle ahead of the big fat main event. Big Booty Bear's not big enough for you? How about the entire universe? That big enough? That is what one meticulous Minecraft user says he spent two months recreating inside the Virtual Building Block video game. YouTuber Chris DeCow shared a video of his Minecrafted masterpiece and gave a glimpse of how he went about it, which included some pretty involved mathematics. Obviously, the end result is not true to universal scale, but the visual artistry on display is no less impressive. Finally, an out-of-this-world underground discovery was like a gift from the gods for archaeologists in Greece. Officials shared images of amazingly well-preserved remnants of a statue of the Roman god Hercules excavated from a site in Philippi. Researchers believe it may have adorned an ancient building dating back to as early as the 8th century.
0: Fad bear week. It's the first time I hear about this, but I tell you, it's my favorite so far already.
1: Yeah, noted. Well, I mean, I got my bracket ready, so I'm good to go.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, keep me up to date on how this ends and who wins. Okay. Uh, that's it for today's program. We'd love to hear from you before you go. So share your thoughts and your story at morning at Shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching.
1: I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.